0: This is the Dominique Foxworth show. All right. We got a bonus episode with um, David Dennis Jr. We haven't had a bonus episode in a while, but uh, David texted me and said he wanted to discuss Tyree Nichols situation in Memphis. Um, So for those who don't know, he, died after a incident of police brutality and all five police officers are being charged with, um, was it Second second degree? Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. And it, it happened fast. And I guess the only other, um, factor or two factors that I think are important to this conversation is all five of the officers who are being charged are black. Um, and the video just came out i haven't watched it i I think i hadn't like determined that i'm not going to watch it but i feel like i just haven't been ready to watch it and i don't know if i'm ever going to be ready to watch the video from what i understand it's over an hour of footage of different things um uh, different parts of the interaction uh tyree at one point tried to run away And there was some body cam footage and also just like some police street camera footage that collects it all. So um, I guess I'll just throw it to you, David, and see if there's anything that you wanted to add to that or anything you wanted to say.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, the the five officers are black, a sixth white officer has just been relieved of duty. So there's a lot there. I think I think for me, what was interesting was the night um, the Grizzlies played the Timberwolves right they played in Minnesota and there was like this oh what a coincidence like the the Memphis where this happened they're playing where George Floyd was killed and like I kind of you kind of got caught up in that a little bit like this this how what are the chances of this happening then you realize like the chances of this happening are like high you know what I'm saying like if they had played in New York I'd be like well this is where Eric Gardner was killed or you play New Orleans you know in Louisiana that's his um you know, um, you know other, you know, like it's just all across the country, you know, and there was and that's sort of a reminder. I think that how prevalent this stuff is. Police killed uh, more than a thousand people, almost like three people a day last year, you know. And so this is going to uh, this is prevalent. And I think there's a there's an idea that this is not, you know, this has been quiet since George Floyd, but that's that's not been the case. I think the thing that also stuck out to me as we were talking about the athletes is there. I think we've reached sort of this inflection point with athlete reaction to it. You know, mm-hmm. like there was this idea of, you know, a twenty twenty, of should we miss games? Should we kneel? Should we do this? Do we do that? And while I think Jay Z had different reasons to say that, <laughs> and like very self serving reasons to say that, mm-hmm. I think the the thing of like being past kneeling is sort of where we're at here of like, I don't know, I, I know for me as somebody who has to come up with words for these things, I'm sort of at a loss. I've been writing about police brutality for a long time and like reacting to it for a long time. And it just feels like we're at a different stage of this where it's like, I, I'm not looking at players to lead this year. Like I'm looking at folks with with power to to do something. And I'm not sure what, what players, what can be done anymore in terms of players. Like it, across the country, the George Floyd protests were the largest protests in the history of this country and like we're still here so it's sort of a sort of a like collective feeling of being like at a loss over this whole thing
0: yeah i mean i think that role for the athletes has always been at least how i viewed it was to bring attention to a situation i think it's probably unfair to have an expectation that they should lead i don't ever right. think i consider them leaders even though like we use that word i don't I don't see them as civil rights leaders or or um, justice leaders. They're athletes. And in many cases, they're black athletes, which comes with uh, an extra burden. Um, I don't think it should, but it does. Mm-hmm. Whereas because of like the history and the, the heritage of black people finding success in sports and entertainment because other avenues were blocked from them. And other avenues were less of a meritocracy, not that sports and entertainment is a complete meritocracy, but there's something to be said for uh, if you are just faster and stronger mm. and, and and smarter on the field or court, then to some degree you can't be denied. And so like, because of that, uh, Black people got power or at least influence in those mm. places sooner so like i think that um howard bryan wrote a book called the heritage this is why i i use the word the heritage that that heritage of like athlete activism is something that i think is at least here unique to black athletes is that you have a to some degree like i don't want to say you have an obligation because i don't think it's true of all black athletes i think some i I think that they should be free to just be athletes. Like they should not have to have this burden of also like being responsible to like um, shine a light on issues of injustice, but like also feel like you do have that responsibility. So if their responsibility or obligation is to bring attention, which is in my view, that's it. We don't need any more attention on it. Like we actually need solutions. Like people know people accept it. People are aware that, that um police brutality against uh, i almost said black men but uh, don't want to like leave out the the women sandra bland and the, mm-hmm. the women who've been killed at this also but yeah so yeah I, I mean to your point i don't think that there is anything for athletes to do other than like and sorry this is a bit of a tangent it's not specific to this but it's in general is what comes it's important to understand i think how it's a hard thing to do is like be passionate and enthusiastic about something, but understand the limits that your, um, your uh, education or experience or understanding can help you. Cause I think Mm -hmm. that's part of the struggle is like, all right, I'm an athlete. I have a big platform or I'm a celebrity in some way. I have a big platform. I direct everybody to look over here Mm -hmm. and then it's important for, that person with a platform to then tag in some people who like are actually doing the reading right uh, for lack of a better description because i think it's dangerous that you get there and you're like oh everybody wants to hear what i have to say that must mean that i need to come up with a solution no you don't it's okay to say you don't know the answer and and you think this is important but you are not fully versed in it
1: well i think i mean i think that leads to lebron of it all which i think is somebody who mess this up terribly i mean like I, like you said like the burden the burden thing is interesting because like i i, I try to unburden us us from that sort of stuff because like I, like black athletes can't hold the burden of how black athletes act or black people act and hold the burden how white folks act even though like yeah yes these cops are black but like they are, we can get we'll get into that i'm sure about what what the race of the cops actually means like for me it's like why, you know, like, how how can we get into a, a system in which white folks feel the burden of white supremacy? You know what I'm saying? Like, would they yeah. feel that type of feeling of obligation to do something about it instead of like black, like
0: yeah. immediately
1: black folks like we have to do something. And like, this is not something that we created. Like, we didn't create policing. We didn't create white supremacy. We didn't create racial profiling, but like we feel obligated to do it. And like, I always wonder where, why is that missing from you know, white folks and white owners and white rich people. And like, where is that feeling of, well, I need to do something about this because this is like what we're doing to folks, you know, like I I think Dominique is a man. I think sometimes you feel responsible or or a burden to like whenever like we have these instances of like men mistreating women or things like that to sort of stand it. But like, you know, where is that? Like, where is that? That's interesting. That
0: that burden and that obligation um, that's interesting because I was I was gonna I was gonna um say that like they don't feel negatively impacted by it so that's the reason why they're less active but I guess to your point like I am not negatively like immediately impacted like I don't feel so I feel less safe as a black right. person and so like that could be my motivation right but I don't feel less safe as a man but I am still like motivated to like speak out when given opportunity about and like try to take whatever action and and give money or whatever like we all feel that so that's uh, you you cut off my my (laughs) explanation before i could get to it which is but yeah i mean i think that's definitely part of it and i don't believe that i care about women's rights or domestic violence because I have daughters or, right. or a wife like before I had any of those things or because I have a mother like I, I don't know like I, I think that's a good question but I also think that like the the it's not only that they aren't impacted by it; it is that they believe that they'll be negatively negatively impacted by a change right yeah it's like they have to give up something is how they see it like in order for there to be more justice and I, I don't know that they explicitly see it this way but i think it's like underneath and maybe i should take a a, a a note for myself in that if you're not like super informed on a topic maybe you shouldn't hazard these guesses but like it just that's what it feels like is to me it, it, it that's the only thing that makes sense to me is this, the system as it is as it stands means that someone's always beneath you. And actions to like bring them up means that then you'll they'll no longer be beneath you. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, on Yeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finished, shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, let's not let's not forget, like police are killing white folks too. like they're yeah. killing more white folks than there are black folks. Obviously, per capita, it's it's way more black folks. They kill a lot of white folks out there. And like this is this is you can as a white person can die from police brutality like, you know, and it's just it's it's the upholding of this thing that benefits white people in an aggregate over like it's it's you it's valuing white supremacy over white people which is essentially yeah. one of the big the big problems here but to you know to your earlier point about athletes needing to step down i mean lebron said that we are our own worst enemy this this weekend um which is following a very long string of like lebron things that he's done that this year that have been really upsetting and and i think you know to your point like we got to be more critical about this like yes there were five these are five black police officers but like they are part of an institution that is anti-black and like we all know that black people uphold white supremacy all the time just like some there are you know some women who uphold misogyny and things like that but like the to look at those five black cops and feel as though this is like which lebron was sort of alluding to like some sort of black on black crime or like black you know like thing that black people have against each other is like irresponsible borderline reprehensible type of thing that you have when you have that kind of platform and it lets the nature of policing which is the 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 issue here is policing that is it lets it off the hook i mean all the mitigating things that police were supposed to do body cams other police present non-lethal weapons like they were all there and they still massacre this dude and and on
0: the street corner I, I saw the tweet because you shared it with me. So I did not see when it was tweeted or what context it was tweeted in. Like, I was hoping that he meant something <laughs> else. Uh-huh. That he was talking about the Lakers turned the ball over too much. Right. I, and like, I I don't. has Has anyone asked him about it? Has he addressed it? Like, what is.
1: No, he hasn't been asked about it. I mean, I think uh, he had the benefit of that really bad foul call against the Celtics that everybody could sort of yeah. sort of focus on. But I mean, LeBron and and I send it to you partially because we had just come off the LeBron Kareem discussion. Yeah, undebatable yeah. and sort of this this comparison between the two. I mean, LeBron has. I mean, a few months ago, LeBron was listening to Tory Lanez music on Instagram. Yeah, after he you know shot Meg, Megan the Stallion and was headed to trial for for that. And you know LeBron has no been no not not shy about tweeting his supporter, Deshaun Watson on on any given Sunday, and like he is is tweeting tweeting out something about like these police officers, and like he's been asked, he hasn't been asked about any of those things. Meanwhile, he is making valid points, but he's still making a point that on press conferences of why are not we asking Jerry Jones about those old video uh, that old photo. And like he would probably not like being asked any of these questions that that people should be bringing up to him.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to turn it into a LeBron specific conversation, but I do think that there has to be one of the tough things about being an outspoken athlete. And I think we in the media are responsible for this part of it is like once they draw the attention, then the next question is like, what do we do? And Mm -hmm. they feel like they need to have an answer. But like somehow we need to create a scenario where they understand you don't have to have the answer, right? (laughs) You know, like you don't have to have the answer. You can just say that I want your eyes here and Mm. look here, and then like use. You can use your platform to elevate issues, but you can also do use it to elevate people who who are like. It's not fair to assume that you can be devoted to being the best basketball player in the world and also be like on the cutting edge of like (laughs) social justice reform. Like that's a fair thing. Like I I wish that somebody would whisper that to these players. And like, that's a reasonable response. Like, yeah, I know this is a problem and uh, yes, I'm a basketball player. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I have the, the social and political solutions, but I just want you to know that we need to focus on this. And this person is someone who I've been reading and someone who I've been talking to that might be able to help us in that way.
1: Yeah. I mean, policing understanding policing is hard. Like it's really difficult to understand how policing works, how jail works, like what's the difference between defund and abolition and reform and all this. Like it is like cl- full classes in books on mm-hmm. books, on books, on books to understand it, which is something that even I, like I read a lot and I get, you know, caught up in that stuff and try to figure that stuff out and yeah, I agree. Athletes got to know sort of when to hold them and when to fold them and like when to sort of pass the baton on to to those those places. Like you, you ain't doing the work, man. You're not doing yeah. the reading. You're not doing the work. And and it's not that you have to like you, you're busy, you know, yeah. like Kareem can do it. You know, Kareem also was, you know, that was half of his life at that time at that yeah, time. You know, different. like he, he wasn't make, doing endorsements and doing social media, doing all that stuff like he had the time to do it and he was intentional about it. And so athletes got to sort of figure out what that next step is because this thing of, of to the original point of kneeling and what are we going to do with this game? I think we got to, got to sort of strategize a little bit, a little bit. We're also at a point where I
0: feel like you, there's so much access with the players that you can't hide your inconsistencies. Right. yeah, Yeah. In a way where you used to be able to hide your inconsistencies. We also need to accept that we're, I think us as like fans and people in the media need to understand that we're getting a fuller, picture of these people and once if you look back at like the civil rights leaders that we champion you get a fuller picture of them they have inconsistencies too so uh, the country and the laws should not have inconsistencies but we should not perfect we should not expect perfection out of like whistleblowers and leaders like that's you can you we should be able to parse through like this is valid this is bullshit (laughs) this is valid yeah. Fun conversation. Fun, yeah. fun talk. Yeah. So, but I'm, yeah. I'm not
1: going to watch it. Are you you think you're going to watch it? No, I was uh, I was actually in front of a TV with some other folks at on CNN at seven when they were airing it. Mm-hmm. And I just I had no I had no desire. Like I've seen enough there, you know, and I think for it's important for people to know that, like, there is an actual like psychological, right. you know, detriment. To watching these things like there is ptsd from what i mean from watching folks die you know like there's just that's just going to be that but then also when you add racialized terror to it and you know that that could happen to you you know like i think that's the thing like to know that that could happen to any of us like none of us are exempt yeah. and yeah at, like people will say well athletes like ask tabo alosha how exempt he feels from um you yeah. know what from that's what happened uh you know like there's james there's, blake yeah. a tennis player yeah, like ask athletes how they how exempt they feel from all this stuff. And it's just the fact that nothing you do, no matter money, no anything will will protect you from from that violence. And you're watching it in real time and watching how it's going to happen to you. Um, it's there is a, a psychological impact on that. So I, I would encourage anybody to sort of lean into what's best for them than trying, then you know, feel obligated to watch something like that.
0: All right. Well, I appreciate you, brother. Thanks for, um, for pushing me to do this conversation because I think it's probably... Yeah, we got to some places I think are worth discussing. I didn't. it's not fun. No, no. Okay. All right, brother. Thanks again. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show.